yes he is oh yes he is reaching down reaching down into that pit reaching down picking you up picking you up picking you up to worship him picking you up to worship him with me. I can scale the wall. I can scale the
First thing I recognize about the anointing and the presence of God, it's pure love. Whether it's stern love and it's like telling you no, or whatever it is, it is love. It is always God comes in the presence of His majesty and who He is, is love. And it rebukes everything that's tormenting you. So God, we just welcome that love to overwhelm our minds this morning. How great are you, God? How great is your majesty in this place? How great is your goodness towards those who look to you? somebody with his waters this morning if you throw your gates wide open to him don't hold back don't hold back Let's sing that living water flow one more time Your living water flow. 
this morning refresh me refresh me God in a dry and weary land thank you Jesus how great are you Lord spend a second just to get your mind on him and just love on him Jesus we just love we love being in your presence Lord there's nothing as good. The splendor of your majesty. The splendor of your majesty. The splendor of your
stuff happening in the earth, in the nation, in New York, and uh, all over. You know, there's, I'm going to do a couple things this morning. I want to go after something. You guys love me, right? Say, I do love you. That helps a bunch, you know, but um, I'm going to go for something. So it'll be on, it'll be recorded. You know, there's a scripture in Proverbs. This confirmed it to me this morning. It says, he who says to the wicked, you are righteous. Him the people will curse. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight and a good blessing will come upon them. I'm going to go for that blessing because I uh, want to address something. 
But as I get to it, let me just remind you. It was June the 25th, 1962, that the church sat by and prayer was taken out of school. I just saw this week the, the prayer that the Supreme Court, you know, uh, considered as they removed prayer. This was the prayer that they really offended them. The prayer went like this, Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon Thee, and we beg Thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. Amen. And that was the prayer. And so they threw prayer out, and the church said bye. I read this. Four years later, 1966. How many of you were here in 1966 on the earth? Been a few years back. Billy Graham, right after that, four years after that, said America is facing a moral crisis that will ultimately determine the future of this nation. He went on to say the security of this nation is not being threatened abroad so much as it is being threatened by immorality at home. 1966. We are in the midst of a moral struggle that is just as important for the survival of America as the revolution led by George Washington and the other patriots. And you know that was in 1966 by our friend Billy Graham. And you know there's a war going on, you know that. Many aren't um, showing up for the battle. There's spiritual conflicts every day. How many of you know that? I mean, you don't have a choice. You know, the, that's why we have to put on the weapons, you know, and stand complete in Him. But there's war over our nation. There's a war over our state right now. And if the church doesn't stand in this hour, we've got to rise up. We cannot be silent. Stuff is happening. There's a war against the soul of North Carolina. And, and it is to rob us of our destiny. It's not going to happen because we're going to stand. Our children need to know, you know, that there is a standard. And it's not set by some court or some politician or whoever, nor the NCAA. And I'll get to that in, in just a moment. But, but I, I remember someone, who was it they said it? God will hold the church accountable, not just for what he did say, because we know we're judged by every outer word, but what we don't say, when we have the opportunity to say it. So I'm going to say it. Now, this is pro uh, Romans chapter 2. Let me read a few scriptures. It says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance? And forbearance is endurance. It's the act of refraining. God is refraining right now right now. It says, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. That's the ultimate goal of God, right? He's a good God. Say, He's a good God. And His goal is repentance. But in accordance, you can say that too, but we need it to happen. And it's going to happen. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation. I was thinking about that. Revelation, that's the uncovering, the unfolding. Part of the un revelation of this time is the revelation of the judgments of God, the righteous judgments of God. That's what it says. Speaking of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil. Of the Jew first and also the Greek. And then he flips it around. And also those that do righteousness. 
to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now remember, Jesus said in Matthew 12, he that is who's not with me is what? You're against me. Have you seen, it looks like today, the middle ground is definitely dissolving. You know, that gray area. And I'm telling you, this is a more serious time than what you know it. And the decisions you make that affect America's universities, God's going to hold you accountable. Because these, these are end-of-the-age, life-changing, ultimate decisions that are being made. This is, we're in the valley of decision. And um, it is true. You cannot serve two masters. Jesus said you will love one, cling to one, despise the other. But he said you cannot serve God and mammon, money. So there's a big test for North Carolina right now. And there's a lot of North Carolina Christians that are beginning to wane. They're losing their, their strength in this battle against uh, the bathroom issue. Now, let me just tell you something. I, I heard someone say this. It's so true. Every day, we are either becoming more and more part of the Lord Jesus Christ, or we are becoming more and more part of the spirit of the Antichrist. It's just one or the other. And we can see it happening. You know, when I heard that the NCAA pulled, what is it now, up to 12 or more championships out of the state of North Carolina until that law is revoked. In fact, that was the, uh, in the newspaper. It basically was a threat. We will pull our championships out of your state unless you bow the knee to bail. That's what I read in that statement. And, you know, one, one, one article said, no pay, no, no play, no pay. We're going to withhold funds. And, you know, it's just, a, let me show you something. Proverbs, how many of you are reading in Proverbs? You should read Proverbs all the time. Man, it's just an incredible book. So much wisdom. But listen to what else it says. And I want to speak to the ACC and the NCAA. Because not only did the NCAA pull out their championships, but the presidents and those in charge of the Atlantic Coast Conference, they followed suit and they also canceled. What did they cancel? This football, the, oh, the ACC championship. I'm telling you, God's going to hold you accountable. Listen, listen to this. I know you think it's just about football. It's about eternal life. It's about the destiny of children. It's about the truth. And the error. And I'm telling you, it's about the spirit of Antichrist and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm trying to do this in real love. Am I doing it? Am I passing? Because when I first heard about it, I got angry and I had to repent. Because my son was an NCAA athlete. How many of you were athletes in the NCAA at some point in your life? Anyway, probably, listen to this. Proverbs 17. Nobody's telling what God says about stuff. You know, they think, what, are, what does this politician think about it? What do you think about it? What does God think about it? Okay, here you go. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. Verse 23, a wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back or in the boardrooms to pervert the ways of justice. Verse 26, also to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. You know, there's an attempt right now to strike our governor and our 
what is it, Dan Forrest? He is our, what is he, our lieutenant governor. And so there's an attempt to strike those that are standing for righteousness in North Carolina. It is not a discriminatory bill. It's about protecting children. It's about protecting little girls. How many of you want men going in the bathrooms with your little girls? Well, obviously, the leaders of the NCAA are all for that. Now, listen to this one. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Somebody needs to say that. And I don't know if they're going to hear that or not. But I'm telling you, you're an abomination. And God's going to hold you accountable. And you know, I was thinking, now, you know, this is just the book of Revelation coming alive. We've already talked about this. Remember? You know, when there was this, one of the messages to the church of Thyatira, one of them. You know, they had to participate. The businesses had to participate in the worship of their false demons or the, and their sexual immorality, or they would lose their business. They would lose their financial reward. And so it, it costs you a whole lot to stand for truth in that hour. I'm telling you, it will cost you a whole lot in this hour. It will cost North Carolina a whole lot to remain firm in standing for truth. But I tell you, it, what is it profit if you gain the whole world and you lose your own soul? I would rather lose all that the world has to offer and gain my soul. But I was thinking about that. It's uh, just a picture of the last days, the Antichrist spirit. And yes, you guys that are agreeing with this, you are joining hands with the spirit of the Antichrist. That's only, the only way to put it. You say, well, that's your opinion. No, it's God's opinion. And if you don't agree with that, you are an abomination because that's what Proverbs says. I wanted to be able to tell them, you know, in person. Because I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the giants. And you're not going to be afraid either. North Carolina must stand in this hour. We cannot bow the knee to Baal. We will not. You know, and also, you know what this is. It's a great warm-up for the mark of the beast. Because the mark of the beast is a financial mark. You won't be able to buy or sell unless you take that mark. So right now, the state of North Carolina and businesses are wondering, they're, they're debating, should we open the doors to this transgender bill? And we know as an obvious perversion in the sight of God and lose our reward, or should we stand for truth? Well, I'm going to pray, and we got to pray. we got to pray. I was thinking also, you know, God, you have been protecting these NCAA events, 100,000, 90,000 people in these football stadiums. God, if the NCAA turns against you in such a blatant way, God, what if you removed your covering? What if you removed your protection? That could happen. And so now I, wasn't, I was going to go there, but I'm just going to remind you. You know what Revelation chapter 18 says? When the spirit of Babylon, he says, you better come out, my people, from among them, lest you share in their sins and receive of their plagues. And so I just challenge you guys all over America. I'm not telling you don't go. You better hear the Lord. And if you go, you better pray. Oh, God, bless this event. God, cause every demonic plot to be discovered and exposed. I'm just telling you, it's a different time. People are making eternal decisions right now that are going to affect multitudes of people. 
So what if we go broke? Our God is our provider. And we, we, we're going to pray. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get through this. I got two messages this morning. This is just the first one. I'm going to get to a better one. I just thought, I, you know, I, the Lord spoke to me this morning. I'm looking in my mirror. I'm trying to say, help me, God. Help me, please. Help me. Fix, change the looks or something, you know. You, know, you ever been there? You know what I mean? And you're looking in the mirror. God. And, and this thought came to me. You know, somebody's got to speak the truth. Somebody, don't wait for somebody else and don't wait for some other time or some other day. There may not be another day. There may not be another time. So I just looked in the mirror and said, okay, you speak it. What you got to lose? Your life? So what? Let me tell you, I'm going to live for eternity, and you are too. We got to get ready. Well, I got to... I've got to play something for you. But anyway, this lady gave me a vision. We, we have a little group of pastors that meet together. And uh, every other week, you know, from around, we've been praying together. We have these uh, staffs that one of the pastors brought. We, we pound the floor. If you're ever in our office when we're meeting, the office downstairs, you'll think there's a volcano. Because the word was that we were to keep pounding around that volcano, and it would erupt I mean, a, a revival, a great awakening. So we, we, we pray and we pound. It probably sounds totally foolish. It's the most ridiculous pastor's meeting you would have ever been to. You know what I mean? We're pounding on the floor. What are you guys, crazy? Yeah. Yeah, man, we, we want to be peculiar. Being normal is not going to pass. You're not going to accomplish God's will being normal. I told the Lord years ago, God, don't let me be a normal preacher. And he heard my prayer. But anyway, one of the pastor's wives had this vision. And we're talking and praying about this. She said, on 825, I was awakened. And I, she had an open vision. I came into a very green pasture. It was beautiful. Then suddenly there was a shaking, a violent shaking. And I was startled but not afraid. The land started splitting apart. And I was standing by an angel and in the green pasture with other people and angels, and we were, all, we were wearing white robes. He said, I saw the split growing wider, and there were people who were standing with one foot on one side and one foot on the other. And then there were those who were totally on the other side. But those, there were those on the edge falling into the pit, into this abyss, and all those who were trying to straddle were falling. People trying to jump over fell in. On, on the side, I was standing on, we and the angels, we, we all were way back and we were safe. We were standing in the light. We were not in danger. Then I saw demons start attacking the people on the other side of the widening gap. And they seemed to be trying to get them to fall into the deep abyss and they were tormenting them. Some of the people on the other side started crying out to Jesus. And as soon as they yelled out to Jesus, angels from my side flew over the pit and would rescue them and bring them over to my side. No demons could cross the gap that was wide open. They could not attack us, only the people on the other side of the huge widening gap. I, I know what that means. You know what it means too. You, you can't straddle the fence. You're going to fall in the abyss. But it's time to cry out to Jesus we, gotta have, we cannot wait any longer. we got to have a great awakening. Now, I want to... Uh, don't leave. Okay, i got another message. It's the real thing I've come with. 
But Shirley was fooling around on the Internet, and she found this amazing video from 2009. And she said, David, I want you to hear this. And it was called, Oh, America. I'm going to read the words to you, and then we're going to see it. And I thought, that's a prophetic. 2009, what happened in 2009? And then I realized, oh, I know what happened in 2009. And then, uh, so, but I'm telling you, it's a word for now. And then I want you to join me. We're going to pray around the altar, whoever wants to. We're going to pray for our governor, for our lieutenant governor. We're going to pray for our state businesses that they'll stand firm. They'll not bow the knee to Baal. They'll not back off the truth and allow men to go in the bathrooms with our little girls. It is the most absurd, unbelievable. The wicked are growing insane. And we need God to rise up and rescue the wicked. So we're going to pray, God, rescue them. Create conviction. Shake America. And, uh, but we want to pray for protection. There are many believers working in the offices of the NCAA. Got to be. There are believers in the... Stand, God, give them boldness to stand for truth. Even if they don't have any voice... At least let them represent you, even if they lose their job. This is the hour of decision. We may not even have jobs in a few years. I don't even know what's happening. I'm just telling you this is an hour of decision, unlike any other in American history. So anyway, I want to read this. We want to see this, this video. And the reason I'm reading the words is because they were hard to understand. We came up and tested it out. And I said, well, I need to read the words, and then we'll play it, and then we'll pray, okay? Oh, America. I can hear you calling me. You are calling me to be true to thee. True to thee I will be. O oh, America, you're weeping. Let me heal your wounded heart. I will keep you in my keeping till there be a new start. And I will answer you and I will take your hand and lead you to the sun. And I will stand by you and be all that I, do all that I can do and we will be as one. O oh, America, I hear you from your prairies to the sea, from your mountains grand and all through this land, you are beautiful to me. And, O oh America, you are calling, and I will answer you and lead you to the sun. O oh America, you are calling, and I will answer thee. And I believe it was a prophetic song. So I want you to listen to this. These guys are from Ireland, and they were singing. It was a PBS special. Now, this flag, you know, this was the first flag that flew over America. Did you know that? Over the warships and uh, the naval fleet. And uh, the word appeal, I was reading a book we have in our, in our bookstore. The word appeal, it, in the Hebrew word, call out, cry out, sense of urgency. And everywhere it's used in the Scripture, when the people of God would appeal to heaven, God would answer. If you want to join me, I want to pray for America. All right, let's just pray. Anybody want to join me at the altar and just pray for our state, our governor? And pray for your families, our children. Just pray for a great awakening. I believe God's just been waiting on us. And it's time. Just go ahead and weep and cry out to God for our nation, for our state, for our children, for our land.
Father, every time your people appealed to you, they appealed to heaven, the highest court. God, you heard and you answered. And Father, we humble ourselves this morning. And Lord, we know it's a lot later than we think. It's a lot more dangerous of a time than we know. And God, we confess our only hope is you. We lift up our eyes to the hills from where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Vain is the help of men. God, our trust is in you. We trust not in horses and chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And God, we cry out. We know multitudes, we believe, are crying out all over America for another great awakening, for a sweeping move of God that would turn the tide of evil, Lord, that would intercept the enemy's plans. God, that's why you gave us the word. We were to pray, rise up, O God. Scatter our enemies, O God. Rise up in this hour, Lord. God, just like you promised, pour out your spirit one more time. God, all over this land. Lord, we believe that song was a prophetic song sung in 2009 by people who were not even Americans. Yet it's for now. And so, Lord, we heed that word and we cry out to you. You will answer when we cry. You will be true, Lord. God, we thank you that you are big and on your throne. And we acknowledge you in all of our ways. Forgive us, God, of our sin. Forgive us of the abortion. Forgive us, God, for justifying things that you said were wrong, evil. God, forgive us for making a mockery of your word. Lord, forgive the NCAA. Forgive the ACC. Forgive those. There are many that love you, God. But Lord, show them this is their time to prove their love. Because we only love you if we do what you say. It's not a religious creed. It's not going or being a member of a church. It's being a disciple of the Lord Jesus. Paying the price regardless of the cost. And God, we pray for our state. Lord, we thank you and we feel excited in one way that we're getting to be bombarded such because we know there's a great calling, a great purpose, a great anointing for the state of North Carolina. And so, God, we say yes as a people of God. We say yes to you. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, to North Carolina again. Come to Wilmington. Come to Raleigh, Charlotte, Greensboro. Come to Asheville and Ashboro, God. Come to Wilkesboro, Statesville, Taylorsville. God, come on over. Ash County. Lord, touch this state. In the name of Jesus, we yield to you. God, do something now. Where the enemy is coming like a flood, raise a standard. Raise a standard, oh God. A standard of truth and righteousness. God, we turn to you. We humble ourselves. We turn from our sin. You said you would heal our land. God, we ask you, do something that would astound the church and the world in this hour, in this day, Lord. Lord, we offer ourselves. Here we are. Send us, use us, God. We bless your name. We honor you. Thank you. Thank you for sending people here today from many states. God, we want them to go back and carry a torch from Moravian Falls and light their state, their city their nation, wherever they're from, on fire, God. Lord, we know there are those watching. We pray, Lord, send fire to the nations today. God, touch the nations. 
Send revival fires. Lord, we're crying out. We're urgent. We are urgent. We are desperate. We appeal to the highest court in the land, the court of heaven. God, touch our children, our families. It's time. We pray for household salvation. Our children to be saved. Our children to walk in their callings. To be the men and women of God you've called them to be. Students on campuses, God, raise them up. All over. All over, God. Lord, we saw those that refused to stand during the pledge. Would you now raise up multitudes of athletes and students all over America that will stand for Jesus Christ in this hour, Lord. Do it. Do it. Now we're calling upon you while you're near. And we thank you for coming. Thank you. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But we thank you now for what you're going to do and what you're doing all across this nation. Stir the flames of revival, Lord, in West Virginia, Louisiana. Why else would a flood come except there's to be a flood of your glory in that state? So flood Louisiana, Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, West Virginia, North Dakota, Tennessee, Nebraska, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, New York, New Jersey, Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Indiana, Nebraska, Iowa, Idaho, Washington and Oregon, God, California, God, stir the fire, stir the fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I believe he's here in our prayer. This is a divine moment. He said, call upon me while I'm near. He's near. He's near. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. There are people that need miracles this morning. God, would you just release the power of Jesus, the power of heaven, miracles. God, let miracles. We pray we will hear of miracles that happen at 1143 Eastern Standard Time in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, all over this land, those that are watching, miracles, Jesus, and we thank you for it. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for revival. Thank you for a great awakening. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining. You can go back to your seats. I want to share some things. Really, it won't take too awful long, but I got to share this, okay? It's in my heart. You guys good? Yeah. The Lord said they may empty out the stadiums for their sports, but he has another plan for those stadiums. Amen. Another plan for the stadiums. Oh, that's good. Okay, you guys, uh, our young people, I especially want you to listen. You know, there was an obvious anointing upon Jural last week, wasn't there? How many of you could recognize that anointing? There was a time when it was like liquid oil. That's the only way I know to explain that kind of an anointing. And then it waned a little bit. Doesn't mean anything happened to Jural. It's just the way of the Spirit. And then it's like another flood. Did anybody else sense that? Like another wave of the anointing, like holy oil that was burning. You know, I told the Lord, Lord, I hadn't felt this kind of anointing years. I mean, I hear there's a little bit of anointing from time to time, you know, but way more anointing. And I was saying, God, why was that? You know, it could have been because of the crushing he had been through. And he shared that testimony. But it could have been the hunger among our youth. You know, you guys are hunger, hungry for God. And it could have been the calling. 
You know, the devil tried to wipe out a generation in Moses' day. To He was going to be the deliverer, and so they had a decree to wipe out all the, you know, the children. And then, of course, in Jesus' day, the, you know, to kill the children, there was a decree. And uh, so he's trying to wipe children out, man, through abortion and every other way. You know, but God has a remnant. He's kept a remnant. And it could be the calling on this place. Thinking, God, there's a calling on us. We don't have to explain it away. You know, try to run from it. It's just here. And then it might have been, you know, the prayer that's being offered up. People are praying here every day. They even prayed last night from 5 to 7. And so, the, you know, the prayer. And so we're trying to stir the fires, the fires of revival. The prayer fans revival. I told somebody, pastors try to get their church to pray all the time. All of a sudden, they're praying. The folks are praying. They're showing up. I've never been here before. You don't have to put any, you know, and try to pray. You better pray. You're going to hell. You know, you know, no, no. You know what I mean? You don't have to do any of that. People are showing up. There'll be people here in the morning at 7 o'clock to pray and seek the Lord and set the course for the week. And then I thought, well, maybe it's the purposes of the hour. You know, in all my years, maybe some of you can identify, but I, I've never sensed the Lord so near as He is right now. I know there have been great spiritual highs, and I remember those conferences and the dealings of God and the mountains that I would run to and, you know, all the men that God used in my life. I think of Milton Green and Jack Taylor and James Robinson and, you know, all those guys, and there were many, many, many more. But I've never felt God as near as He is right now. There's such expectancy. You know, you read the paper and you see what's happening, yet you're filled with expectancy and hope. It's an incredible thing, incredible time, I believe it, ordained of God. I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 9. I want to try to answer some things that I believe... You know, we, we have to deal with We have to make sure we understand so that God can do what He wants to do. Just agree with me. Say, God, you can do what you want to do. Don't let me stand in the way. Now, he's going to do that anyway, but, but we want to be in that His way. We want to be a part of His plan. And we want to know, okay, why are you moving this way, God? What's, what's different? What's changed? There was a word this morning, something has changed. How I many of you really believe that? Something's changed. In the midst, now we've, you guys that are visiting, we're already ready for darkness. Jesus is going to show up in the greatest in the darkness. The darkness is light to him. It's no big deal. He rules over the light or the dark, so we're not, we're not worried. We're expecting it. We, we know our finest hour is when it gets dark because light shines its brightest. So we've already covered all that. But look at this, Romans chapter 9, verse 6. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. In Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise. At that time I will come to Sarah and shall, shall have a son. Not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac. For the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. 
It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. Verse 14, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. For the Scripture says to, the, to Pharaoh, to the Pharaoh, that's interesting, the Pharaoh, for this very purpose I've raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. And therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. And you will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who has resisted his will? But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it? Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have potter power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy? You ought to say amen to that. Did you see? We're going to talk about it later. That he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared before for his glory. Even us, whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. And he said to Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people, my beloved who are not my beloved. Verse 26, they shall be called sons of the living God. And then we're going to wrap it up here, these couple more verses. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant shall be saved. He will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because the Lord will make a short work on the earth. And as Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have been made like Gomorrah. I want to look at some points and answer the question, why is God moving as He is, and why, when we really see what He's promised to do and what many are prophesying he will do. Why is he doing it? You know, how can we get in on this great move? There's a book out there. I picked it up. I'm reading it. The Next Great Move of God. It caught my attention. You know, and that's a lot more exciting than the other stuff that we talked about. I'm, I want to be a part. I want to be involved, don't you? The Next Great Move of God. Do you want to get in on it? You know, this is the hour of decision for that too. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will even enter the kingdom of heaven. But why is God doing things? And, and I saw in the scripture this week, his promise, his purpose, his election, won't take us too long, stay with me, his preparation, his calling, and his work. Why does God do what he does? Why did he move last week in such a powerful way with this young man? And Gerald was, we want him back, he's a tremendous, I was so excited to hear him. God, this kind of oil, anointing, God. This, I remember this back in years gone by. Anybody else like that? You know, way back, you remember the anointing was so thick, you had, you had to swim out of the room. It was amazing. I've longed for that again. And sometimes those come around who big names, and I don't hear, I don't, I don't feel any of that warmth oil flowing down. I wonder. I guess it's not about having a big name. It's just having about a big God. Big God, I think that's probably the plan. But anyway, why does God do what he does? Well, first of all, you got to know this, Psalm 115.3. Anybody know what it says? Our God is in heaven, 
and he does whatever he pleases. Why is God going to move in America in this hour? He do whatever he pleases. You know, Jesus said, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. In other words, he's exalted. Now, let's look at, uh, first of all, his promise. Go with me, if you would, to uh, Genesis chapter 17. Nobody's going to go out this morning hungry. So hang on. I have, I'm telling you, this is the bread of life. It's the most in- unbelievable time in all of church history, and we get to be involved in it. You've you got to pinch yourself. Just, you have permission. Pinch the person next to you. Really, Hey, you really are alive. This is real. This is it. You are alive in 2016 in America. It's amazing. All right, chapter 17 and verse 18. And, the, and Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No. He said, No, that's not my plan. Man always has an alternative plan. He thinks it's better. And God rises up and says, No, regardless of what you think about it, regardless of what your idea is, no, that's not it. Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant, and it will be an everlasting covenant, and with his descendants after him. Say, everlasting covenant. Do you know that God made a covenant with our forefathers? Not all of them were believers. Many of them were. And there were covenants they made, the pilgrims, with our God. They founded this nation in order to advance the kingdom, advance the glory. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff here. When you really get into this, we don't have time to go into all of it. Verse 21, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Now look in chapter 18, verse 1. The Lord appears and to, 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 uh, to Abraham. And then in verse 2, these three men, obviously maybe angels, appear. And then verse 9, then they said to him, where's Sarah your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, that had to be the Lord. I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah shall, your wife will have a son. Verse 11, now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in years. We must have read this recently because we've seen that somewhere. That's a better way to call an old person old. He is well advanced in years. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. You could say that. Well, they're not old. They're just past the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed. Within herself, she said, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old. And also, and the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Now, you would say laugh, wouldn't you? How do you say laugh? Loth, I like that. South Africa. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was, she was afraid. No, but you did laugh. You know what I mean? So just think about it. Here's why God's going to move in America today, because of his promise boils down to the promises of God. God is not a man that he should lie. His promises endure through generations on the wicked and on the righteous. Generations, third and fourth. All the promises of yes or the promises of God are yes. Why? For the glory of God. 
We're waiting for his glory. When promises are fulfilled, the glory of God will begin to cover the earth. Now, men might or might not keep promises. You ever had a promise broken? How many of you, you young girls, you ever had promises broken? You guys had promises broken. I know you have, but God will never break a promise. God is a covenant-keeping God. And uh, you, know what, you know what God is looking for today? Just like we read where God said no, no to Ishmael. I believe God's looking for the church right now to rise up in America at this hour and say no to Ishmael. No to Ishmael. We will not have Ishmael. We will not bow to Baal. No. If the church rises up and says no, you know what starts happening? Demons start fleeing. Because greater is he that's in us. We have authority. He said, behold, I give you authority to trample upon scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. And we need to say no. No. Ishmael, no. We will not bow. God's plan. We will not have plan B. We will not have an alternative plan. It is God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for our nation. That which he swore to our forefathers, that is what will happen. Not your plan, Ishmael. You know what I'm talking about. He's trying to rise up. Somebody better rise up and say no. What do you think? The, the world has the power to stop the power behind Ishmael? No way. It's the church. And then, the, you know, about his promise. Is anything too hard to go, for God? Look, at that's what that scripture is. Is anything too hard for God? You ever seen that little thing? I picked up garbage in front of my house yesterday because I'm tired of people throwing it out. So I, I pick it up every once in a while. And on the pizza box, it said, it said the power inside of you is, well, no, wait. The task in front of you is not greater than the power inside of you. I found that on a garbage pizza box I'm picking up. I said, that's pretty good. So I blessed that person who threw their pizza box <laughs> in front of my, my house. I thought, that's a word from the Lord. Nothing's too hard. Nothing's too hard. And then about his promises. We're talking about the promises, and we'll move on. The promises are for appointed times. That's what God spoke to, to Abraham, right? It's an appointed time, Sarah shall have. Remember Habakkuk, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, though it tarry, what do you do? Wait for it, because it will not tarry. Your waiting will not be in vain. I wonder how many will give up right before the great breakthroughs. People have been praying, interceding, and there's breakthroughs on the horizon, and some people are hanging in the balance ready to throw in the towel. This is not the time to throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Is anything too hard for our God? Can he save a nation in a day? And then there are promises that come with, uh, you know, if, if my people. But there are also some promises that are just written in stone. It's just like God said it. You know, he said it, and that's it. And then, of course, the promise. Let's go back to, let's let that go. Go back to Romans. The promise is also a work of the Spirit, not the flesh, the work of man. Romans 
chapter 9 and verse 8. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted as a seed. And he goes and talks about how it's the Spirit. And you can see that all, all through. It's the Spirit that gives life. And then the next thing, why is God going to move in this hour? Number one was what? Because he can do whatever he pleases. Number two is what? Because of his promises. Number three is because of his purpose. Now look in verse 10 and verse 11. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born. Now listen to this, guys. Not having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to the election, might stand. And then down in verse 17, for the Scripture says, for this very purpose, I've raised you up that I might, may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. And so his purpose spoke to the elect of God, but even the wicked. He said, I've raised up Pharaoh for this purpose, for this hour. Now, three things about the purpose. The purposes of God will come with power to do the purposes of God. God will give power to this generation. We're going to walk. I'm telling you, he is plugging us in to some major electrical circuit called the Holy Ghost. I don't know what circuit it is, 999, whatever it is. It's better than the 22440. Whatever it is, this is big-time stuff. God wants us to walk in power in this hour because the Pharaoh in this hour is taunting the armies of the living God. But we're going to have greater, greater. Oh, man, this is good. What do you think you're made for? Retirement? Forget that stuff. You're made to do battles in the, at the end of the age. To thwart the plans of darkness. Cast out demons. That's what Jesus said. You put cast out demons. And then his purpose is to declare his name in all the earth. And then his purpose will stand. I was going to read, I won't read that, but it's over in Isaiah 14, 22. It talks about the purpose of God against Babylon, and he will come as a broom of destruction. God, you have a broom? Yes. He's going to come. You better not, listen, there's a serious thing to get lined up with Babylon in this hour. Because her destruction will come in one day. Great will be her destruction. God will come as a broom. And he will have his way. That's the same scripture that says, as I have purposed, so shall it stand. As I've declared. You, you remember those scriptures. But we'll move on. Okay, the next thing is the election. Okay, he can do what he pleases. His promise is what? His purpose. The election. I want to announce something to America right now. The election is rigged. Now, you think I'm talking about that election we're going to have in six weeks. I'm not talking about that election. It could be rigged too. That's why we have to pray. We can unrig the rig. We have the power. It's the church, not those who take bribes in dark chambers. It is the church of the living God that appeals to heaven that can change the course of history for nations. So we got to pray. We got to get to those precatory prayers where we say, oh God, expose the plans of darkness, the pit that they have laid. God, let them fall into their own pit. We got to pray. That's why he gave us the Psalms. But I'm telling you, I'm not talking about that election. I'm talking about this election. It is rigged. Your election. I want all our kids, 35 and below, to stand for a minute. Just stand. 
Just if you're below 35, they're not all kids. Yeah, you are. Stand. 35 and below. All right. I want to prophesy over you. Okay? It is not about you. It is not about what you've done. It's not about what you haven't done. It's not about how good-looking you are or how ungood-looking you are. <laughs> Whatever you think, you know, everybody has their own opinion. I can promise you, your opinion is not usually God's opinion. God's is greater, higher. He thinks far more of you than you would ever think of yourself. Now, everybody stand. Stand. I, you you got to see this. All right, listen to the Scripture. Verse 11, for the children not yet being born, not having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. Verse 16, so then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. Listen, I'm not saying we don't live a disciplined life. We've got to live disciplined. We've got to read the word, pray. But ultimately, it's not about how much you prayed. It's not how much you've done, how much, how good you sing, how well you preach, how whatever you prophesy. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about the election of God on your life, not those who run well or who hadn't run well. It's the election of God. God will show mercy on those He will show mercy. How many of you need mercy? Say, I'm the elect of God. I've won the election. It's been rigged. The fix is in. I'm in. I won. I'm his child. And he's going to use me in this hour as I yield and surrender to him. You guys understand that. It's the election. It's about God. Now, when God begins to move in revival, outpouring of the Spirit, we're going to look at some of the people on the stage and say, wow, God's really used. It ain't got nothing to do with them. Are we okay? People sometimes, I'm I'm going to be used in this move. And they're going to come and say, boy, God's using you. Hey, you know what? He can use a donkey. He's using nameless and fameless folks. He gets all the glory. It's not about those who run or those who will. It's God who shows mercy. Everybody got it? Okay, go ahead and be seated. You got to get it. Got to be ready for this. And then the next thing is is preparation. Now, this is heavy. Verse 18, therefore, he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills, he hardens. But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it? Who do you think you are? You know, why have you done this, God? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one one vessel for honor, say honor, and another vessel for dishonor, say dishonor? What if, when I read this, it's like I read it, what if? You you know what I mean? What if? This is awesome. God, you, you talk like this? What if? What if God, wanting to show his wrath, Oh, you got to remember this. What if God wants to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much or endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory. God has vessels he's prepared for wrath, but also to show his power. 
Why did God raise Pharaoh up? They didn't like Pharaoh. Some of the, some of the folks didn't, didn't like him at all. To show the power of God through. He was a tool. And so God released plagues and power. It was an amazing time. It was to show his wrath and to show his glory. So we're going to have to help people. When God begins to show his wrath prepared for those who are, have chosen to reject him and resist him and they've taken their fist and they've held it up in the face of heaven and said no to God, when the wrath of God, you're going to have to tell them, just, hey, he's a loving God. He's a loving God. He called them. He gave them an opportunity. What about those who are just trying to straddle the, the fence? They fall in the abyss. That's why we got to call them now. We don't have a lot of time in this thing. Come now. Don't wait. You are gambling with your eternity. Don't wait. Now's the day of salvation. We got to call them. That's why we got to get out there at the Apple Fest. You guys sign up for that. Be a part of this outreach. And we're just going to take a little survey, but we got to pray. We got to go after the fish. We got to go after them now. They will die soon if we don't reach them. Now, God had defined the soon, but God is, He is a God. There's the goodness of God and the severity of God. Charismatic movement said God never gets angry. He's angry with the wicked every day. That's what the Bible says. But He loves the wicked. He didn't come to condemn them. He came that they, the condemned would be saved. But they must come to the cross. They have to come to Jesus. There's no other way. His death, he had to die. It's not about a change of a leaf or whatever. It's about running to the cross. And that's why we got to proclaim it and preach it. And then when God uses us, don't be ashamed. Dylan, what did you tell me? Evan Roberts used in this great Welsh revival, and some lady got to his ear and gave him, said, oh, you, you're getting a big head, too much glory or something, right? And he left. And then when he came back, they never could really get the revival going. Listen, there's going to be such glory on us. What do you think this is about? Some of us are going to say, I don't want to take the glory from God. You won't. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Don't apologize. That's what you're made for. The glory, the darkness shall cover the earth, but the glory of the Lord shall arise over you. So you're going to be beaming like Moses. Just go for it. Just do the will of God. Just say, God, evidently you overlooked some stuff. You must love me more. So, God, I don't care. I'm not going to try to explain it away. I'm going to be your son and be your daughter. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm not going to talk myself out of it. And then the next thing it's about is calling. We're wrapping this up. You guys with me? Nobody fell asleep. If you fell asleep, I was going to come yank you, man. I'm telling you. You, know, you can't sleep. You can't. Not now. The church in America, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. You can't sleep in this hour. Man, this is what it's all about. Oh, verse 25. And he says to Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who were not my beloved. And it shall come to pass the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they shall be called sons of the living God. I'm just telling you, it's about the call of God as a son and a daughter of the most high God. That's what it really is all about. I'm called to preach, you're called to preach 
in your neighborhood. Everybody has a pulpit. Whatever you're called, that we're called. Forget the callings. The main calling is we're called to be sons and daughters of the living God. That's enough for me. I don't care anything about it. But I'm going to walk in the rest of it too. I'm not going to chicken out. You just walk in it. If you get too cocky, remember what Paul said. He said, God doesn't call many noble or many wise. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. So if you start to get cocky, just read that. God, who are you talking to? You. You. Does this make sense? And then his work. His work. His purpose, his plan, all these things. His calling, his work. Look in verse 27. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. I know that scripture's there and I can't remove it, but I'm going for the whole ball of wax. Because God said it's his will that none should perish. We'll let God define the remnant. I'm not going to worry about a remnant. I'm going for all. Let's go for the whole state of North Carolina to come to Jesus. Because he said it's his will. It's his will that none should perish. And then I'll let everything else work itself out. Because I know it obviously you have to say yes. You have to say yes to him. You have to run. But he made a way. But then he said he will, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea. And he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work on the earth. And he said, if God hadn't have intervened, we would have been just like Sodom and Gomorrah. But God did intervene. And so we say no to Sodom and Gomorrah. No to Ishmael. No to America going to hell in a handbasket. No in the name of Jesus. We stand on his word. Listen, guys, we got to go for it. I'd rather go for it and stand before God and say, look, son, you went for too much. You believe me for too much. Don't you know some things were too hard for me? It was too hard. America was too hard for me. Don't you know that? No, I'm not. I'm, I, I, we ain't going there. I'd rather get there and, son, you believe for way. You know, you know what I mean. And guess what? I did everything you believed and more. Because everything you believe, I do abundantly and exceedingly above all that you will ever ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So, we got to have it. Does this all make sense? But now I want to apply it. I want it to resonate. I want it to stick. I want it, I want it to be in our spirit, man. Okay, you know what I mean? So we go out and, um, I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't even, it will not affect my God. It will not affect who I am, my calling. I'll be a son of God no matter what. A son of God, not the, you understand that. That's how the media could catch on to something, change a little word. That guy thinks he's a son of God. No, I'm a son and I'm looking at sons and daughters of the living God, of the most high God. And uh, this is our hour. And by the way, who are you uncircumcised Philistines that taunt the armies of the living God? We're not going to retreat in this hour. And, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for all of North Carolina. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
And when you come to my house, now I don't have men and women's bathrooms, but you're not going in the bathroom when my wife's in the bathroom. It will not happen on my watch. You would think politicians could be as... Oh, God. God, have mercy. Have mercy. The foolishness of men. Those who say no to you, they really are fools. The fool has said in his heart, no, God. There is no God. But God, you so love the world that you sent your son. And whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Come on up and, and play something. I want to just... Uh, I want to pray God will release this in our spirit. Just stand, if you would, and pray for faith. How many of you need a new level of faith this morning? Gifts of faith. Anybody facing anything impossible? Or you, you know somebody facing something impossible? Come on up. We, uh, you got something? I want to ask you, is anything too hard for God? Anybody facing anything impossible? Come on up. We're going to pray that a big God would be big for the impossible thing you are facing in the name of Jesus. And as you come, I want to pray first because I promise God I'd do this. If you're in this room and you've never met Jesus, you're not certain if you died today, you would spend eternity in heaven. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to hell. There's a real hell. They don't tell you that. The media won't tell you, but I'm telling you it's real. It wasn't created for you. It's created for the devil and his angels. And he knows his time is short and he will be thrown into that bottomless pit. We just don't want you thrown in there with him. For God so loved the world. God loves you. He's come to rescue the perishing. He'll deliver those that are lost. He died. Can you get this? God, you got to give America a new vision of the cross. Your son died. Give us a vision of the cross. The love of God that's, this was displayed through that unbelievable work. So if you're watching by the web stream, and I know there are going to be people watching. God, I know this. Right now, I'm gonna, we're going to pray. And if you don't know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved, you're going to be saved, okay? Is that a good plan? Let's all pray it out loud. You can reconfirm your faith. But we got to go for the loss. Somebody may be in Madagascar. I don't know, but I'm not going to take a chance. I'm not going to stand before God in that day. Because that's the He came to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't come to play church. Just pray, Father, I believe in Jesus, that He is the Son of the living God, that He lived a sinless life, and then He died on the cross for my sin, my rebellion. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord and Savior. From this moment on, I will follow you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and with the power of heaven. In the name of Jesus, to do your will in this hour, to move mountains to change nations, to display the wonder and the majesty of your glory to my generation. Now, I thank you, God. You called me. You elected me. You chose me. 
it's your purpose it's your plan it wasn't my idea it, I didn't choose you you chose me and I say yes God in the name of Jesus Amen. now let's just pray for impossible situations okay hey how many of you guys have faith okay this is impossible except for what God said is any too, anything too hard for God so we're just going to make it simple Holy Spirit come come Holy Spirit come things that are impossible we declare they are possible with God and we declare right now that the yoke of the evil one is broken broken in the name of Jesus we cancel every scheme and plan every opinion and idea every philosophy every thought that's opposed to the will of God Jesus is the Savior he's the healer that's his plan he's forgiven me of all my iniquities he's healed me of all my diseases rescued me redeemed me and Lord there are people believing for other situations other than themselves so God we lift that situation to you that person right now we just lift them up and somehow with the faith that we read about earlier we just like a we say no the Lord said no that's not my plan no but Sarah shall have a son so we say no to the plans of darkness over these situations, these children, these, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus. Now we're still remembering Daniel, that's Beth's and Peter's son. We say no to cancer. No in Jesus' name. Somebody called this week, there's a Derek in Michigan. He had a dirt bike accident. He's in his 30s, a bunch of kids. They say he's paralyzed, broken neck. We say no to the par paralyzed right now no we speak to Derek get up out of that in the name of Jesus and every other situation that's on our minds right now we declare the kingdom of God is here the kingdom of God is here the kingdom of God is here the rule of God the rule of Christ in the name of Jesus